Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the New Hampshire Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana, and today we're here with Paul Swope from Embrace Them Bro Both. I almost messed that up. <laughs> Embrace Them Both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how's it going? Great. Good. So let's get into it. Talk to me a little bit about uh, yourself, because I know you have a pretty interesting story, and then mm. we'll go into your business. Well, I was a uh, survivor of cancer. That's really what brought about this desire to set up a website. Yeah. I went through stage four. It was throat cancer. It was a few years ago. Yeah. And I'm still here, so I mm -hmm. survived. Congratulations. <laughs> and I didn't just survive. Um, I decided uh, that I wanted to be the fittest of my entire life, mm -hmm. if that could be done. Not only post-cancer, but also getting old. I think a lot of people expect as you get old, you just, you know, you just wear down. Joints don't work. Your testosterone's down. You gain weight, etc. So I decided that I wanted to show myself and maybe the world mm -hmm. that you could really become as fit as any time in your life. Yeah. So that was my goal, and I did hit it. Um, I have to admit I had that goal not because I was doing that great as far as fitness and weight. I was about 210 pounds. I had a 40-inch waist, 24% body fat about a year and a half ago, and I just said, this, this is enough. I didn't yeah. get through cancer so I could be this unhealthy yeah. and undisciplined in my eating. So I said, I'm going to start a program and uh, see if I can turn this around. <clears throat> and I did with great effect. A lot of people in the gym started to notice. They said, hey, you know, what's your secret? And I thought, you know, I could actually turn this into a, an outreach and even a business to offer a fitness consulting. Yeah. I should mention I have been a, a, a personalized trainer in the past, okay. years ago. So I knew the fitness business, but uh, doing it when you're older, when you're post-cancer is a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So I sh on the website, I share some of those insights, and I also offer fitness consulting. Okay, cool. So let's talk about Embrace Them Both. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the name, because that's interesting. It is interesting. It's really a business with a twist. Mm -hmm. um, embrace Them Both means that I want to encourage as many people as possible to realize they have a soul and a body. Mm -hmm. and that we should be not just physically healthy, which makes us feel great, we should also be spiritually healthy, which makes us feel even greater. Yeah. So humans are a, a pretty strange composite of spirit and soul, mm -hmm. body and soul. So I encourage people to give attention to both, and that's why I call it embrace them both. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, okay, let's go on that. How do you kind of focus on both of them? Because focusing on the body... I think most people generally have a good idea about that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though sometimes it's a little shaky. Yeah. Um, but you're also talking about the spiritual component, so that'd be something to focus on. It is a good question. Uh, how would I possibly put those two together? In some ways, they're the complete opposites, mm -hmm. right? One is focusing on your physical structure, yourself. Often it's a very egotistical drive to get fit and look, look great. <clears throat> on the other hand, there's this spiritual element we have, and we think of prayer and church and ritual. How do you possibly put those two together? But to me, they're very much together, and I discovered it through the experience of being fit. I yeah. noticed that when I try to be fit, it takes a certain level of discipline, of consistency. And I would even see the same excuses for not wanting to do it, right? When you're going to go to the gym in the morning, you say, oh, I'm just too tired. Yeah. I don't have time today. This is not for me. I'm not that type. But really, we do the same thing in the spiritual level. We say, eh, it's not for me. I'm not that type. You know, I'm too busy today. Maybe when I retire, maybe later. We make all these excuses. Mm -hmm. 
what I'm trying to get across on the website is that uh, too often we take our spirituality as a as if it's a static thing. Mm-hmm. I believe certain things. I'm a Protestant. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Hindu. Whatever it is, and that's it. Or we think I was born with spiritual genes, or I wasn't. The point I'm trying to make is that's not true. We're all physical beings. We're all spiritual beings. To become physically fit, you have to work at it. It takes time. You're not born with big muscles. Yeah. Well, we're not born with big spiritual muscles. We're not naturally spiritual yogis. We're not naturally saints. Mm-hmm. It takes time. It takes some work. So I'm just encouraging people to give it time, give it attention, and realize it's not something you're just stuck with. It's not a static thing. It's something you can actually change, just as you can change your physical body. So in a sense, my website is taking my physical body and saying, look, I can lose 75% of the fat of my body by following these disciplines. Mm-hmm. I can't make promises for people spiritually. I don't yeah. offer spiritual training. Yeah. But it's at least to make the point that yeah. you can make a difference and give thought to your spiritual life. I think each person's going to answer that question differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I was going to ask, because um, nowadays I hear spiritual being thrown on a lot, and a lot of people have different ideas about what that yes, even means. Because some people it's kind of a, a religious side of things. And some people, it's not. It doesn't really yeah. touch on religion. So do you have any point on where you kind well, of focus on? Well, I have strong opinions on it. Yeah. Um, it. Spiritual is used a lot. And sometimes it's used as, a, I think, sort of a cop-out. It's just kind of this fuzzy fuzzy yeah. area. I've got that, but don't bother me with anything religious. Mm-hmm. Don't put religion on me. Yeah. So I get that. My site is makes every attempt to avoid any religious jargon or talk of doctrine, mm-hmm. etc., I try to go back to something more fundamental, more human, something that we all would relate to if we had no religion. I, for example, was brought up with no religion. And that is that we're fundamentally spiritual beings, if you think about it. If you ask yourself during your day, what fills your day, what matters to you, what makes you happy, what gives you meaning, I'll virtually guarantee that almost all of it are spiritual things, right? You want to be happy. Mm-hmm. You want meaning, you want love, you want to be treated with compassion, you want to have hope, you love beauty. Now, think of all those terms, they're all spiritual. You can't mm-hmm. touch any of them. So that's part, sort of my starting point, is we are fundamentally spiritual creatures. Yeah. We take it for granted. We just walk around all day. That's an example right there. Mm-hmm. The thoughts in your head. Can you yeah. point to a thought? You can't. You can say, okay, there are neurons in the brain, and I agree there's a correlation, mm-hmm. but the content of a thought, the thing that matters to you, your sense of I-ness, are all profoundly spiritual. Why is that? And my, my suggestion is it's because the universe has a spiritual component. You know it because you live it. You're a human. Yeah. It's there. And I'm suggesting people consider, okay, if it's there, then the creator of all that is must have put it there. He, she, it, whatever, must have that component of spirituality available as part of the universe. So explore that and maybe start thinking back to the person that gave you those spiritual qualities. Yeah. We tend to take them for granted mm-hmm. and assume they're all meant to be just exploited and used here on the human plane. Mm-hmm. I'm saying they are meant to be used and exploited on the human plane. But there's another plane to the human dimension, which is the vertical one, the what the the relationship with the divine. So I don't have an answer. I don't yeah. suggest people start a particular religion. Uh, I personally am Roman Catholic. Well, that's what I've found. Mm-hmm. 
But I think all of us have this human innate instinct to relate to and to thank and to love our Creator. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So let's get. That's a good. Change the camera here. It's good. Uh, touching on the spiritual part of it. So let's talk about the physical part of it. Because as you mentioned, it's difficult as you get older. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're trying to get in good shape. You know, you, you have some poor choices, not poor choices, but poor events in your life, you know, things yeah. that make it more difficult oh, for yeah. you to attain there. So let's talk about the physical side of it a little bit. The physical side is uh, luckily much more predictable. Yeah. It's not a lot easier, I have to admit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm someone that really has always struggled with eating poorly. Yeah. I like to eat and uh, tend to eat more than I should. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's just, a lot of us have that problem. So yeah. uh, it's not as if I was naturally fit. It's something I have to work at virtually mm -hmm. every day. Uh, but basically, I think what people are doing uh, these days is they expect too much from mm -hmm. a, like a diet program. Yeah. They probably <clears throat> understand too little, and they don't adapt these beautiful diet theories to their own particular circumstances. Mm -hmm. So as a trainer, that's something I try to do. I don't pretend I have any new secrets. The secret is to adapt what you may have learned or what you're trying to do in this wonderful diet routine. But you have to adapt it to your own constellation, I say, of weaknesses. We yeah. all have weaknesses. We're lazy, we procrastinate. Uh, I tend to eat at night. I'm kind of a binge eater. Yeah. You have to work out a strategy that doesn't defeat your defects. One of the points on my website is you can't defeat your defects. You can only learn to manage them. And we have to face that. If we face that, we can be more practical uh, day to day, saying, okay, I'm not gonna be perfect. I'm not gonna fit this diet plan perfectly. I'm gonna fail. What are my weaknesses? Where do I fail? And how can I work around it? Okay. An example for that is uh, one of the revolutions in my ability to stick to a diet was the understanding that it doesn't really matter when you eat. I'd always been told you have to have a big breakfast mm -hmm. and don't eat at night. That had been in the fitness uh, scene for quite a while. Yeah, It's not true. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want, as long as, and that's hugely underlined, yeah. you keep to the calories that you need to in order to mm -hmm. lose weight, yeah. which obviously means you have to eat less calories than you're burning. As long as you do that, you can eat at night. That fit me beautifully because I tend to binge. I tend to be too busy and dynamic during the day to care much about food. Yeah. So I would tend to not eat a lot during the day and then have my big meals in the evening. So that was a way of combating my own particular circumstance. Okay. Hmm. But ask other I know fitness is a you know, a vast territory, so I realize it's difficult to to explain it very completely. Well I understand. Like yeah. Like, there's countless strategies and, you know, intermittent fasting yeah. over over this, over yeah. the other thing, you know, veganism. There's, there's a huge, yeah. huge space there. <laughs> there is, but I also yeah. think there's a commonality, and, and that's what sometimes gets lost. I, sometimes it seems to me that the mm -hmm. industry is trying to find new tricks and new promises just to, well, to make money, to have a program. Yeah. So you'll read their article or spend money on their program. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty open to any program as long as the basic is if your goal is to lose weight, you have to know how many calories you're taking in mm -hmm. and you have to either put a break on the number of calories you're putting in or accelerate the number of calories you're burning. Yeah. That's it. 
Yes, it. pretty simple. It's pretty simple. So now we talk about you. Yeah. Uh, do you like the gym? Do you not like the gym? Which exercises do you like? In other words, do you prefer to accelerate the burning of calories, mm-hmm. or do you prefer to break the number of calories you're putting in? Uh, I, for example, I really enjoy the gym. Yeah. I have no problem going to the gym every single day. So that's sort of my, I prefer to outpace my calorie count. I'd rather eat more and then exercise extra. Yeah. My wife's sort of the opposite. She doesn't like the gym, doesn't like all that noise, having yeah. to get there. She'd rather just put a break on her calories. That's <laughs> yeah. okay. So that's the fundamental. Now, I will add to that if you're interested as a male in building muscle, which mm-hmm. is what I have on my website. Yeah. I was actually a bodybuilder. Um, the second component is you have to have a certain macronutrient ratio, which means yeah. you have to eat enough protein. Yeah. And usually a ratio of protein to fat to carbohydrates. But it's nothing very complicated. Yeah. I mean, it's generally pretty straightforward as much yeah. as I know. I mean, I'm not a trainer or anything. But and that is all on the embracethemboth.com. I have a, on the site, there's a talk on fitness, mm-hmm. which outlines exactly what I went through, what I did, steps I took. Yeah. So, because you, you had said you wanted to be the fittest in your life after, you know, you had, you recovered from cancer and all yeah. that. Were you pretty active? before or were you kind of not very physically inclined the, most of your life? Well, I've, I've always been, I'd say, normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I was involved in sports and I was active. I never walked into a gym until I was 35. <clears throat> I'm not sure how I... I actually found a gym due to cancer again. Yeah. My closest friend, uh, she was a mother of six young children. Mm-hmm. She was diagnosed with breast cancer and terminal. So I watched her die, and I was uh, reasonably fit at the time, not very, kind of normal, but just watching her die made me want to appreciate my health more and to do more to to be healthy. So I actually mm-hmm. started at the gym and started getting into fitness as uh, she was dying of cancer. So that was when I was 35. Um, a few years later, I became a trainer just to kind of learn the, the system better, learn the routines, um, but being a professional, I wasn't always able to get to the gym. Yeah. Now, when the cancer came, uh, interestingly, I dropped a lot of weight. I dropped 40 pounds in those three or four months of chemo and radiation. Yeah. I assumed I would never be in a gym again. I, was ab- I would have sworn that I would never go do something as meaningless and idle and as going to a gym again. Yeah. I was very weak. I had to get around on a cane. That's how bad it was. But time is funny. You know, time returns everything to normal. So I returned to normal in also eating poorly. Yeah. So after a few (laughs) years, I was right back at that 210 pounds and 40% 40-inch waist. Yeah. Oh, wow. So one of the questions I was thinking of was, um, because we were talking about the spiritual aspect and the physical, you know, that kind of that, the feeling of, you know, you're over 60, you're like, okay, I'm in the best shape I've been in my entire life. Then there's almost like the regret of, wow, I should have done this earlier. So kind of like there's a good balance there of also being spiritually strong. Yes. That could probably wreak havoc on you as well. <laughs> yeah, this is a good point. Now, one danger of fitness, which I think anyone who's into the industry or knows, is that you can become egotistical. Right? Mm-hmm. You do it to look sexy and impress the girls and you're all full of yourself. You see that a lot at the gym. Yeah. Oh, of course. So, uh, and that is always a factor. When you're very fit, there's vanity there. Mm-hmm. 
So one of the things I emphasize or encourage people to do is the why they do fitness. Mm -hmm. Try to pick reasons that are noble, that are acts of service. So when I decided to do this fitness uh, transformation, I wrote down why I'm doing it. And it wasn't so I can be, I don't know, impress people. It was so I can serve my family. I don't want to die and not enjoy yeah. my grandchildren. I want to be uh, a gift to my wife. I want to be healthy and athletic with my kids and grandkids. So that's a much more noble goal that really is inspiring as you as you get to the gym. You say, I'm not doing this for my vanity. I'm doing this because I love my family. Yeah, and it helps keep everything in balance a little bit. Yeah. 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 Again, embracethemboat.com. You want both <laughs> aspects to your life. Yeah. We keep, we're really not happy living as animals. Um, we are animals, and there's nothing wrong with our animal side, right? The, the creator of all that is gave these senses to us. We're supposed to enjoy food and sexuality and uh, the comfort of home. Mm -hmm. uh, but animals have all those things, right? They yeah. mate, and they're in community, mm -hmm. and they eat, and they sleep. Now, we're, we're made for something more. So if we recognize that and we work towards incorporating it in our life, I think we'll be much happier. Yeah. It's a good approach. Yeah. I like it. So is there any other areas you want to go over? So we talked about the some of the main points. I know you brought some stuff with you. I don't know if you had anything big, more... I don't have anything big, no. Yeah. I have a brochure that I made that, that promotes this site. Mm -hmm. um, so on the site, it's really fairly simple. It has two main talks, one on fitness, which mm -hmm. outlines, outlines exactly what I did. Yeah. shouldn't say exactly. It's only a, it's, uh, less than an hour long. Yeah. But it basically uh, lays down all the foundations of what I did. Mm -hmm. So if people are interested in the details of fitness, at least uh, as I experienced it, it's all there. Um, then there's a talk on spirituality, which is an attempt to raise a lot of questions. I counted the number of questions in that. That's also under an hour. Uh, I think there are 44 questions. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't provide final answers, but it asks people to explore different questions about spirituality, about our humanity, about science. Then at the bottom, I have a number of, I guess you call them essays or reflections. Yeah. Some of them are talks I've already given to groups. There's one on fatherhood, one on career, uh, one on sexuality, one on atheism, one on cancer. And the one on cancer is uh, one I really hope will reach people. Um, it's rather intense. It's very personal. Mm -hmm. I can't say it's for everyone. Um, but I basically sat down and wrote a letter as if I was writing someone who had stage 4 cancer. Yeah. Or just learned. When you have stage 4 cancer, you don't know if you're going to live or you're going to die. Mm -hmm. So the person I'm writing may die. And that's, in a way, that's, I hate to say, a gift of cancer, but it forces you to face the big issues of life. Yeah. Why are we here? How has my life been? Has my life been worth living? How am I going to handle this challenge? So I wrote it very personally and very intensely, and uh, I hope it'll reach some people and help them yeah. facing that challenge. Hmm. Good. So just from listening to the couple of the topics on there, you mentioned sexuality and then you know, spirituality, a couple of things. Do you think people have issues with those things in tandem sometimes? Because mm, I'm coming at it from more of a uh, conservative mm -hmm. perspective is a lot of times, especially if you look at it from a religious side, a lot of those things kind of don't balance super well. <laughs> and I think people 
have issues with them. Do you ever have issues with that with people? or? Um... I think what you mean is that, and yes, uh, I know what you're saying, and yeah. I, if I understand it, what I'm trying to say in my spirit, in my sexuality talk, for example, because mm -hmm. I think that's an important talk, and by the way, it's not even loaded. That's the one of all the talks that I'm <laughs> quite ready yet. But it's very important to me because I feel strongly about it. I lived sexuality the way I guess it's normally lived for many years. I was brought up with no religion, mm -hmm. got into sexuality early, indiscriminately. I don't know what else to say. I was yeah. a product of the 70s, shall yeah. I say. So I understand it. Yeah. Um, but I can't say it was a, a great experience. There was a lot of confusion, probably some damage done to me and to the women. Um, and then I have had the blessing of being married to a wonderful Roman Catholic girl, mm -hmm. and we've lived sexuality, I think, the way it's supposed to be lived within a marriage, and we've discovered that, lo and behold, sexuality is something that is meant to be lived and enjoyed all through your marriage, and that it gets better as you get older. Yeah. And I don't think most people think that. They think, oh, you have to have your fun while you're young, you have to experiment, you have to find the right mate. I'm afraid I disagree with all of that. I think if you mm -hmm. understand what marriage is and what love is and commitment, that if you treat sexuality the way it was given to us, mm -hmm. and I believe it's a gift from the Creator, if you treat it well, it will flourish through your whole life. Yeah. That's, that, to me, that's astonishing news. It's tremendously good news that I want to give to as many people as I can to say, yeah. I know there's a lot of sexual dysfunctionality out there within marriage and outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. I can't say I have an answer, but I can say that my wife and I discovered that sex was meant to be just as marvelous as you can imagine it all through your marriage. Yeah. It's great news. Hmm. The other thing I mentioned is that I think too often, and it maybe addresses what you're getting at, is that we think our sexuality is mine, and it's kind of this private, I would say more animal instinct of mine. Mm -hmm. Whereas spirituality is kind of a religious thing, and that's people telling me what to do. And yeah. No, get out of my bedroom kind of thing. My point would be that sexuality is just as much a invention of the Creator as anything. We didn't create sex. We didn't create ourselves. We didn't create the world we live in. Yeah. It's all sort of here. And I don't think um, sexuality is fundamentally animal. I think it's fundamentally divine. I think sex is about love, and we look the wrong way. We look down to the animals, to instinct and bestiality, to think that's our roots. It's not our roots, because the world we live in was created by the creator of all. He created the animals, he created the humans, he created the planets, and he has a plan. Mm -hmm. So you don't look backwards to the animals to try to figure out the plan. Right, if you're trying to understand a sculpture, you don't look at the stone in the sculpture. There's nothing in the stone. You'd have to go to the sculpture to figure out, right? Yeah. If, if there's a, a baked cake, you don't start looking at the sugar and the flour. It won't tell you anything. You have to find the cook and say, what are you doing? What's your intention here? Yeah. So I would say the same for sexuality. We need to look at sexuality sort of completely differently, upside down. Mm -hmm. It's true that we share instinct with the animals, we share the desire to mate, we share the attraction between male and female, but the, the animal nature is sort of an echo of the more important human sexuality. So they came before us chronologically, the animals did, mm -hmm. 
But that's sort of a confusion. It's caused confusion. We think, well, they came first, so we're just kind of a little more complex than animals. I would say, no, there's a creator that made this whole thing. He decided to create animals first, like chapters in a book, right? Yeah. You have a few chapters, and then you get to the real stuff later in the, in the book, when, yeah. the, when it all comes together and you understand what's going on. To me, the human race is that later chapter. And we have to look at the creator and our own spiritual nature to understand sexuality. If you live sexuality that well, that way, it actually works. Cool. And it gets better and better. Pretty good. So, yeah, we're getting right about to the end of it. Um, people I want to reach out to you, find a little more, learn more, how do they get a hold of you? Website is definitely the way to go. It's embracethemboth.com, but with dashes. So embrace, uh, embrace dash them dash com both.com okay. and uh, I'm, I'm there the email would go straight to me so okay. personal awesome I would love to hear from people awesome thank you so much for joining me it's Thanks been a lot for of fun me. great absolutely okay thank you guys so much for watching um, reach out if you have any questions and uh, I'll see you all next time